Letters from a Lonely Flyboy is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-7468. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Letters from a Lonely Flyboy. I'm your host, Kelly Dennis. And I'm her brother, Clinton Cathcart. Thank you for joining my brother and me on this journey described by our father through his letters during a 12-month assignment to Osan, Korea in 1961. And Clint is going to read the first letter that we have. Okay, so the letter is dated 10 August, and it reads, Hi, honey. Well, I'm a little better situated tonight. Got a room in the transient BOQ now. Not too good, but better. Had to buy a fan. The temperature and humidity here are just about like Langley, and there's no air conditioning. The papers for the insurance company I'll return by separate mail. All you have to do is put your driver's license number on the one sheet and then send them the whole thing. When you get the policy, etc., just hang on to them. You can take three months to pay them. The flight surgeon here grounded me temporarily. Got a slight skin infection on my short finger. Won't be for more than four or five days, he says, but it'll be just a little longer before you get that extra $230. Hope you have enough. The doctor here looked in all the regulations, and luckily, since it was this particular finger, I won't even have to ask for a waiver for flying. So there's no problem there. And frankly, it's a small load off of my mind. John Butler's here. He's a detachment CO for the F-100 fighter types that rotate in and out of here from Japan. Mighty Mouse Daniels from Alex is the wing CO. I also ran into a classmate from Randolph who is down at Kumsan, just down the coast. Can't really say too much for this place. A little better than last time, but not a hell of a lot. <laughs> Bill Preble is the mag down at Tegu. He has his wife and eight kids with him. I found out about Anderson. Like I suspected, he goofed and killed himself. Yikes. Got a, got a letter today that you mailed at 9 p.m. on the 6th, so that's not really too bad. Sure glad at least Kelly gets to enjoy the pool. Maybe when Dink gets there, he can spell you. Guess I ought to drop him a note, too. Sure miss you and your friend. I'm about finished getting cleared in. Ready to go to work just to make the time pass. I love you, C. Okay, so I was uh, not quite two years old um, during this time, and my brother Clint was uh, 12. And so I have a ton of questions about all these letters, and there's just so much I don't know and that uh, that Clint knows so much more <laughs> um, about. And so um, I, just, I just have a ton of questions. Um, uh, first of all, would you uh, explain who uh, Dink is? 
Okay, I was going to say we might want to clarify that for people who might listen. So yeah. when I was born, I weighed less than five pounds. I was um, actually a couple months premature um, and very small. And so the nickname that I was tagged with and, and wore for quite a number of years, even up until the time when I was 12 years old, as you can see, was Dink. Yeah, I, I still call him Dink. I, I can't. That's how I grew up. So. <laughs> Um, so, and I wanted to mention too, that we're reading the Korean names just as our father wrote them in the letters. Um, so, um, can you talk to me about the detachment company, 314th air division? Well, okay. Now the 304th, at that time, the air force organized, uh, part of the air force organization was, uh, what they called air divisions. Okay. Okay. Um, and, uh, this had a designation of the 314th air division, um, and uh, he was assigned to the Programs and Planning Office, which is on the staff, of a, a division staff. Um, and um, the, we don't want to confuse. Um, the, the detachment is something, um, he, he references that a little later in the letter. Okay. Um, that's something completely different. Um, that is a detachment um, out of a, a, a F-100 squadron that was assigned to and stationed in Japan. Okay. Okay. And um, so I, I looked up the uh, the nickname Mighty Mouse Daniels, and I found a lot of officers named Daniels and uh, stuff about the Mighty Mouse Rockets. But uh, did those two have anything to do with each other? No. Um, Daniels was, um, at this time, according to this letter, he was the, um, the wing commander of the um, – uh, F-100s there in, in uh, Japan. A wing is made up of, of squadrons. I I think three, but I'm not sure. Um, I was not in the Air Force. Um, but anyway, uh, he, the, he, he, so he was, in other words, he was John Butler's boss. Um, but he was also the um, squadron commander when dad was stationed in Alexandria, Louisiana, which was six years prior to this assignment. Okay. And what is the MAG? A MAG is a military uh, assistance advisory group. Um, and uh, the, the um, American military has used them through the years when we uh, have troops um, stationed, deployed in other countries where um, the other countries are working, the militaries are working with us and, um, and um, that that group is basically responsible to assist in training um, and also in um, the the um, utilization of uh, U.S. equipment. Okay. So the bag there, he was stationed at Tegu. He would have been the the the, um, the head of that office, if you will. Okay, Bill Preble was, um, and he um, um, uh, they were responsible for for working with the. South Korean Air Force. Okay. Okay. And um and Anderson who he just drops a line that says Anderson killed himself. Do you know anything about that? I don't know much. Um when he mentions these people, what he's doing is basically mom wouldn't have known all these people. Okay. okay. And um so he's just kind of uh keeping her uh, tying her into the situation, basically, in other words, letting her know who people uh, that she would know are there um, in that area or you know, in Korea at the time. 
uh, that he was. And so that kind of uh, gives her a, a grounding in what, you know, where he is, what he's doing, who he, who he knows, you know, who he sees. Um, and Anderson was uh, someone from, I, I'm going to guess, um, probably from um, uh, North Carolina when they were stationed at Seymour Johnson, but I don't know for sure. Okay. Um, and he apparently made a mistake and it was fatal. While he was flying. While he was flying. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's just, it's just a one line drop, but it's so, I mean, it's pretty, pretty powerful there. Yes. Oh, okay. So, um, and dad talks about, he hurt his finger and was worried yeah. about flying. Yes. Just before um, we, they, they, uh, decided they needed a, a we used because we used to have to make trips to Montana where we spent the um, uh, summers a lot of time or parts of summers, mm-hmm. um, springs, falls, um, and we had a place there that um, actually was was um, purchased by um, our grandparents, uh, mom's parents, um, by Essex um, across the, uh, the river from Glacier National Park, um, and. Uh, uh, they decided to buy a, one of these little travel trailers and and, tra- and trailed it behind um, a car, um, you know, um, uh, and save, I guess, money on motels, I suppose. Um, but we used it. But anyway, he in in um, in either hooking it up or unhooking the trailer. I believe he was unhooking it. Um, and once we were there, he. Um, uh, had an accident and the the ball mashed off the end of his right uh, index finger. Mm. Um, And for him, it was, he was fortunate because um, the doctor, he went to Whitefish, Montana to civilian doctor because, you know, we were in, um, we were in Montana, not near an airbase. And um, the doctor, he had a really good doctor that uh, took very good care of the finger, sewed it up, helped it heal. I was able to save just a tiny bit of what the bone beyond the, the last knuckle there. Um, and so he was concerned whether or not he would be able to fly. Right. Whether that would, the Air Force would take him, because it really, that's why he was in the Air Force. He loved to fly. Yeah. Um, and um, the, the, as we heard in the letter, the, the, uh, uh, the, the flight surgeon had looked through all the regulations and, the, and the, this particular injury on this particular finger did not have to um, disqualify him from flying or require him to get a waiver. Okay. Well, that's, that was lucky. Yeah. Okay. So he, he expresses concerns about um, mom having enough money from his pay and that he hasn't been able to send his flight pay. Right. They maintain, um, like a lot of married couples, some don't, some, most do, I suppose. Um, uh, they maintain one checking account, okay? And um, back in those days, of course, there was no internet, no um, possibility of checking this, these, your balances and, your, and right. your deposits and all those things online. So um, there, you have, it, it created an even uh, more difficult situation, I suppose, than today where, you know, um, the money that he made was sent directly to the bank, the bank okay. in Texas, the National Bank of Fort Sam Houston. Um, it's a military bank. It deals with military people all over the world. Um, and um, he, um, um, he, what he would do is have an allotment out of his 
his net, which would go to um, him there in Korea, small okay. amount, so he could buy toothpaste, shaving cream, you know, sure. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so, anyway, most of what they had would be forwarded to the bank account, and mom would have that for running the household. Remember, too, that, that it's interesting because even simple little things like the insurance papers and what happened, have right. you that he mentions in the beginning, um, it's, it's not a matter of just the two of them talking it over and seeing and, and figuring out what they're going to do. Everything is long distance, and everything is long distance by letter, right. which takes uh, probably at the very, very best a week or so. Oh, um, yeah. That would so be anyway, sure. he was concerned because at that time, um, he, um, he, you know, a fighter pilot has to fly in order to maintain flight status. They won't let you fly if you, you know, for, if you don't do it for a couple, three years, then they're worried about right. when you can remember what you're doing. So right. um, he, um, he was delayed in getting his flight hours in that month. And uh, of course, then he was worried about that extra $230 um, that she wouldn't, that they would normally count on uh, right. for living expenses. And to put that in perspective, $230 in 1961 was a lot of money. Um, right. you, that's 20, almost $2,800. You could buy a brand new Chevrolet for $1,200. $2,800 a year. Yeah. Yes. Right. But you could buy a brand new Chevrolet for $1,200. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a significant amount. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. And yeah. um, so when was dad there? What, he mentioned um, better than last time, but not a hell of a lot. When was he there last? Okay. So he was stationed um, in Korea during the Korean War. Um, and um, that would have been of 5051 okay. um, and so um, he he flew uh, uh, fighters in, in, in the Korean War during the Korean War and uh, that was a just a little over 10 years uh, earlier right right okay and um, while he was there 10 years earlier um, he actually got written up for something in the Hammond Times because um, he he committed. He had a. He he saved somebody's life. Another yeah, pilot. I don't. I, I don't know how the uh, Hammond Times um, got a hold. It's a newspaper. Got a hold of the story. Uh -huh. He was from Hammond, Indiana. He okay. went to Hammond High School, um, and uh, actually born in Gary, but he was, uh, they moved to Hammond. And he was he, he graduated from Hammond High, um, and he. Um, they were out on a mission, and um, I don't know one of the one of the pilots, one of the aircraft of the sortie. Um, he uh, w was wounded such that um, he was basically blinded, um, and he couldn't see. And um, while he was flying, he was blinded. While he was flying, they're up in the air, um, um, and and had been and just been in combat. And um, um, so anyway, I, I'm I'm assuming I don't don't have the article in front of me we, we have it somewhere but uh he um he uh, uh was in contact radio contact with his pilot and, and learned that the guy was okay he was but he couldn't see right uh, and um, he could fly um but of course um at that time um you know i mean you you had to be able to see you know? oh, yeah <laughs> so yeah um so anyway uh, dad stayed with him, hung back with him, 
and flew with him um, in such a manner that he could read his instruments to the other pilot, and the other pilot, knowing then what he was would have seen, was able to fly the aircraft back. He was able also to help him land. They got him down and landed him. Wow. And um, the guy, um, you know, he he didn't have to bail, and he, he you know he was he was. Okay, I don't know if he was permanently blinded or just temporarily, but anyway, he um, he was he was um, assisted in returning to the to the base. Wow, that's that that's pretty incredible. Oh yeah, he <laughs> he received a distinguished flying cross for it. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah that that is an amazing story. Um, yep. I'll never forget what Dad looked like in that picture, and I I I probably should. Uh, find it at least you know we, if we can find the article or if i can um get a an online subscription to the hammond times i bet i can see that again because it's 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 um he was just <laughs> he you know he was just overjoyed and and relieved that uh, he got this other pilot back down on the ground oh yeah okay yeah. and he was he would have been about 25 years old yeah yeah wow okay so um then we have one more letter that we're going to share with you today okay and um, this letter is dated uh, 11 August, 1961. And Dad says, Hi, honey and tootsies. Finally started getting acquainted with my new job today. I don't think it's as complicated as they tend to make it look, but could be wrong. Too early to tell. I feel like I might do more for them as in their COC, but I'm not going to press it. I guess i just as soon do something else, but here it wouldn't matter much. I got the paper signed. Oh, I got the papers I signed at the hospital and Whitefish forwarded to me. Seems they were the wrong ones. I took them over the, to the hospital here, and they are taking care of it. I dropped a note to Dr. Kaufman and let him know, too. They work five days a week, five and a half days a week here. Just as well to keep busy, except that I'm about ready for the golf course. Seoul is a two-hour bus ride, so it looks like Sunday will be about the only time I'll get. I hate to ride a bus for four hours, though. Met the CG today, too. A BG by the name of Hutchinson listened to his questions after a briefing and offhand would say he's quite the nitpicker. Just dandy. Had to run out and close my window. Been raining off and on all day. The lights also keep going off and on every once in a while all over the base, and that helps, too. I think their electrical power system is about due for a complete breakdown. Haven't figured out the mail system yet. I know there are two days a week where there is no outgoing mail, and at least one day, none incoming. Keep meaning to ask, but forget. I know. Oh, today I know there was no mail at all. Sure miss you, both of you. Pat it on the popo. I love you. See. Okay. So, uh, a couple of um, abbreviations there, CG and BG. Okay. So he met the commanding general of the 314th um, Air Division. I found the guy um, in a, an article. Um, he um, had he had been um, promoted to brigadier general, BG, okay, uh, in uh, in February and took over that 314th Air Division in May. Dad got there in August, um, and okay, uh, we don't know what the briefing was about. Okay, all right. And uh, the living conditions with the lights going off and on and the rain and that that had to have been miserable. Oh yeah, well, and like he mentions, um, 
in the first letter, um, he refers to Langley and Langley Air Force Base in Virginia. Right. Hot and humid. And of course, it's hot and humid in Korea. Um, and or it's going to be really cold and humid in Korea in the wintertime. Right. Um, but he um, uh, they they lived in in probably Quonset huts, I suspect, that um, uh, were, you know, housing for, for permanent types there probably would have had a little bit of space, not much. Um, and, um, they were, they were, um, subject to the Korean electrical system and water system. Lovely. And so, um, those were pretty primitive, certainly in the early sixties. Okay. All right. And so, um, just briefly, um, I know the Korean war is over in 1961, so can you talk about what the Americans were doing there? Well, um, we uh, we went there, uh, at least uh, I get, you'll get a discussion from a lot of people, I'm sure. But we went there, assumably or um, presumably, um, as part of the um, United Nations force, because there were other countries, uh, Turkey, Greece, Great Britain, uh, Australia, um quite a number of countries that were sent forces when the Chinese invaded in um, Korea. Okay. Um, and we uh, went there uh, and fought um, and were able to establish a stalemate basically at the 38th parallel, right. uh, which still exists today. Mm-hmm. And because um, uh, for our own interests, pre- uh, primarily, but certainly for the S- South Koreans interest as well, we um, negotiated with them to stay and leave um, combat troops in South Korea to help defend South Korea. And it's still going on today okay. uh, with the war having been settled in, Just... in 51, 52. Um, but uh, not unlike Europe. I mean, we, we still have uh, forces in, in Germany, not, not many anymore, but in the 70s, we still had 300,000 troops in Germany. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, um, I think that's going to be about it for this episode. I just want to say uh, join us next time when we'll talk about uh, something that Dad got unexpectedly that he really likes. And thank you so much for listening. I am Kelly Dennis. And I'm Clinton Cathcart. Welcome to the Treasure Valley and Boise, City of Trees. As one of the fastest growing areas in the entire nation, finding the right home is only as important as finding the right realtor. And who better in the Treasure Valley than Regina Collins, realtor? Licensed in both Idaho and California, and self-employed since 1999, Regina Collins prides herself on a strong business and marketing background. With years of experience owning and operating full-staffed businesses, Regina Collins is ready to work for you. Specializing in relocations, veterans and military families, listings, buyers, commercial, new homes, contingencies, and solar, Regina Collins is able to offer the whole package for her buyers. Whether you are new to Boise, want a better lifestyle for you and your family, or just want to get get to know this area better, Regina Collins is honored to help you with this process. For more, visit Regina Home, reginaforhomes.com. Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, 
Contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesaler lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. MNLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender.